for men and the women who loved them, for dads raising daughters and the men they want them to attract, for the moms raising sons that need help making them into quality men. Welcome to our table. Welcome back to uh, Stripped Roll, everybody. We are here with Cam. Hello, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Got Cobra sitting on yes, the sitting on the uh, low sack. sack. Yep. Matt. Yep. Sitting and in the plastic chair as always. It's yeah. a nice plastic chair. Though. It is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's always super comfortable. This is my favorite place to record. Oh man, I appreciate that, man. Matt got me a, yeah, a patchouli uh, candle. I did. Yeah. I thought it smelled something. Yeah. I, just, I just lit it, so it, it yeah. hasn't taken its... Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, uh, today we're going to talk about vulnerability. I'm just going to kind of send it straight off to Matt here because he, he started giving us the definition and what he thought about it, and it, it was press record kind of deal. So, yeah... I looked it up in the dictionary, and it's the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally, which is completely along the lines of why I think people aren't as vulnerable, especially men, as they probably should be or need to be, why they keep all this shit bottled in, why they're depressed, they have suicidal ideations. Because that's what society's definition, right out the dictionary, is telling you. Like it's a bad thing to be vulnerable because it. The it definition is saying you're yeah. the possibility of being attacked or harmed. Yeah. Which is to me is again the opposite of what we found to be true and what is needed uh, as a man. I think the key of that as a man i've even had experience in this is being vulnerable in the right places with the right people because just like the definition says if you make yourself vulnerable to the wrong people or people outside of that circle it opens you up to be taken advantage of in a lot of ways um and i've seen that you know on the younger side where you you open stuff up to certain people and they use it for fuel or especially in relationships it's been used against me you know certain things i open up about and then it comes back to bite me in the ass but if you're able to be vulnerable with the right people like we have here it, it's fuel for your own fire so i think women typically either don't want it at all they don't want their men to be vulnerable or they definitely want it because they feel there's an emotional side to the person they're with that they're not getting from them mm-hmm so like you said, being vulnerable to attack or how it bit you in the ass, I think falls in along the other lines where maybe the woman is more dominant in the relationship. Um, I, I think that plays into it too. Mm-hmm. Not so, not saying you're submissive, I, but yeah, you know I what I mean? Saying, yeah. Like, I think it's a little bit of a different uh, viewpoint. Yeah. Well, I I think that comes around to a, a whole bunch of, of different things. But you you mentioned being um, vulnerable in relationships, and I know that Cobra has had um, different takes on this in the past about like opening up and showing emotion and stuff like that. But in my short experience, I've found that vulnerability with control is completely different than just mindless. You know, so with that being said, is like in, in my experience, being able to open up and show that uh, in the right spaces to show that, hey, I'm being vulnerable. And I'm opening my door so it's safe for you to as well. But doing it in a controlled way to say, like, you know, I'm not weak because I'm opening this up. I'm able to share this with you and be good at the end of the day. And I've taken care of what I need to take care of. So I'm able to show you the lead by example kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I would say that uh, I mean just thinking about that definition I think that for people it's probably important to I guess first be comfortable with being attacked 
because I think if you if you make yourself comfortable with that, then being vulnerable isn't a isn't a thing anymore. You know, if you if you're okay with uh, the possibility of being attacked or being criticized or judged or whatever it is, you know, if you accept those things coming towards you, then being vulnerable won't be a hard thing to do. Because what's the worst that could happen is I get attacked. Well, I'm not afraid of being attacked. Does that make sense? No, hundred percent. Right. And I think it's more a judgment than literally an attack. Right, right, right for sure, for sure. Um, I was reading something else today, uh, like emotional breakdowns for men are seen as absolute failures on every level. Kind of talks about, you know, what you talk about. Can men cry when we had that conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. having that plan past it because it. It also means that you're a failure as a man because you let yourself be dominated, had a moment of weakness instead of overcoming your situation and our environment. And this is pretty much the most unattractive you can be, a failure. A vulnerable man is a man who's a failure on every level. Hmm. And that's pretty crazy to read. To yeah, a vulnerable man. I don't agree with that at all. Say it again. A vulnerable man is a failure on every level. Yes. Wow. What's the source on that? <laughs> wow. That's it came crazy. from Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that crazy. thought's out there, which is That's crazy. what I'm getting at, yeah. right? So, we, so the alternative to that is to not be vulnerable. Just right. So it. that to just means... To be a successful means, man, you have to not be vulnerable. Right, which that's, I don't agree wow. with. Wow. I don't agree that's with it at all, wild. but I was like, like, we got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Because it... It doesn't make sense to me. I think if you're always, I would not say stoic, but you're always keeping everything bottled up, at some point you're going to explode. Yeah. Because you don't have an outlet to have a conversation when you feel like you're failing as a dad or you're, you know, you're trying to pay the bills and make sure the lights still work and put food on the table for your family. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep all that stuff bottled up. And the one thing you talked about the last podcast generationally it didn't make a difference because mm-hmm. we all felt some sort of way about how we controlled ourselves and emotions and not let ourselves be vulnerable. Cause that's generationally, generationally. that's how things have always been. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen my dad cry, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, same boat. As I remember, I can, it was been twice in my life, and it was, like, weird for me seeing that. Yeah, in, I think when his parents pass, sure. But mm-hmm. anything outside of that, never saw it. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, no fucking way. No. So I think... There are some things that need to be said, especially with some of these guys. I'm going to say it's okay to be, put yourself out there and be vulnerable. Just in a sense, you're getting stuff off your chest. You're able to have a, an emotionally engaging conversation. Yeah. So I, I really like uh, an analogy that Dave kind of has thrown at me before. I believe he said something along these lines on here. But... um eventually that closet full of shit that you're packing is going to fall open and then anybody around you is going to trip on it. That's the part that gets me is that anyone around you is going to trip on it. Everybody always knows the bottle's going to explode, all this other stuff, but what are the repercussions of that? Your significant other, your kids, all these other people, they're trying to walk through that same hallway, you know, and they're going to be tripping on all your shit that you just let fall out of the closet instead of packing it up properly. So not only is that affecting you it's affecting others around you because of the effects that takes on you and as a man as a provider when you fall apart because you didn't pack your stuff up right everybody trips right but if nobody's sharing any of that Mm -hmm. you don't think there's a problem Mm -hmm. right like hey how are you i'm good or i'm fine like are you Mm -hmm. i think i think as a man you, you you run the risk of becoming somebody that you're not you know, you run the risk of becoming fake if you're trying to pretend as if nothing is, is going on. You know, you're trying to focus your life on not being vulnerable. So that means you have to be a different person. You have to 
shut off things that are naturally coming to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think once you do that, you'll, it's like you'll, I don't know, you'll destroy yourself from the inside out in a way, you know? Um, because you, you have to put on a persona of toughness. You got to put on a persona of being a leader. But essentially, I think that comes off as, is what you know people are, are labeling now as the toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it's bred. It's bred because you are trying to be something that you're not. And if you don't know what that is, then you don't know how to portray it. You don't you know how to do it properly. You don't know how, you know how to do it properly. So yeah. you look at it and you say, well, I need to be tough. Okay, well, tough looks like this. And then you abuse you it. Fight people in the bar. Right. And it's, that's not what toughness yeah. is, right? Yeah. And so I just, man, that's a crazy uh, uh, thought process that that mm. person has to say that, you know, you can't, to be a successful man, you cannot be vulnerable or, or whatever, however it's yeah. vulnerable is to be a failure. Yeah. Right. Be yeah. You're a failure. It's like, man, that's, that's why. But this is what's out there. So it wasn't like any one area. I just started like, mm-hmm. Doing a little bit of Google research and yeah. looking at all these in, things. I do believe in, you know, doing self-work. And just because something uh, affects you today does not mean that you can't work on that and tomorrow doesn't affect you or a week from now it doesn't affect you, you know. So I do think that, you know, um, being able to control yourself and building yourself up so that you are, you are able to take on more as a man, you know, later on, then sure, I think that, that is 100% something that you should do. So if there's something that you are, that you feel you need to be vulnerable with today, because it, it affects you, you know, it makes you feel this way, whatever it is, right? Um, it's okay to voice today, this is this makes me feel like this. But if you know that going forward, you'd like to not be that way, <laughs> then do the self-work so that you're not that way. But today, that is how you are. And it's okay to say that that's how I am, mm. you know, but just work on it. And then a year from now, you'll be a, a better person, Yeah. you know, opposed to being a year from now and you're still the same person. You just got more stuff bottled up because you never worked on it. And that's yeah. sort of like what's in the You Matter box, that survival guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of taking those small steps every single day, every day. to yeah. get better, do the work, yeah. the self-work. The self-work, yeah. But you can't do that if you just choose to not acknowledge that you know there's things about you that you know that you need to be vulnerable with yeah or whatever you know what i mean do you think do you think you can be vulnerable with anybody just anybody random person so i think it probably wouldn't be smart but i think you can but this is why i'm saying i think that people should for me i wouldn't focus on being vulnerable i would focus on the other thing what i talked about at the beginning of this was i would probably focus on how do I respond to being judged? Because if that doesn't affect me, then yes, I absolutely can be vulnerable to anybody. Because again, what's the worst that can happen? They're going to judge me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So then yes, I can be vulnerable with anybody. It doesn't scare me if they learn this about me or that about me. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But what it does do is give me a sense of peace because it's like, I know when I wake up, I'm not going to hold anything. And when I go to bed, I'm not going to hold anything. Everything is out, you know? So nothing can be held over me, you know. I don't fear judgment. Mm-hmm. So if you don't fear that, then how can you be vulnerable according to the definition? You know? Right. And I've seen, you know, and this is kind of just my simple thoughts in my little head, but <laughs> like I remember distinctly in Brazil, we're walking down the street, and this heavyweight dude is in like a speedo. And like everybody's like, look at that dude. Like, he does not give a fuck what no, people think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not one. And I, yeah. you know, I wish I could be like that. Right, right, right. But not I necessarily think, walk around the speedo. Not, but right, this right. mindset of like, but to have that just or like go out there and dance and do all these mm-hmm. other things, just not give a fuck about what other people think or how they judge you. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. And you could probably put yourself in different situations. If we're having a conversation, sure, I can be vulnerable. But mm-hmm. other things definitely would be uh, harder to do for me. Do you, you would, so that's not what I think about when I think of vulnerability, but it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, opening yourself up to random things. Like, because for me, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like, 
um, like doing karaoke or dancing when nobody else is dancing. You give me about eight drinks, I'm good. (laughs) But (laughs) soon sober, it's a different story. But it's been like those are personal things for me that has been like a journey to like be confident with and go have fun and realize like everybody else is just here to have fun. Nobody cares. And I shouldn't care even if they do. And that's taken like years for me mm-hmm. on those two personal things that I mentioned, but I never even thought about that as vulnerability or, it, but it does make sense. But you you're know? letting yourself, you're letting that uh, freak flag fly. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> run it up the pole, but it's, uh, it's kind of off definition, but it, it does fit into that. What you were talking about was yeah. like judgment. Right. But also to the other side of that, it kind of speaks to what you were saying earlier, as far as, um, like the stuff in the closet, don't take care of it, mm-hmm. kind of falls out, right? So um, even with what I'm saying right now, I still think that you should, even if I'm not afraid of being judged or whatever, um, if I were to let certain things out, I got to think about who else it would affect. Yeah. Right? So am I afraid to be vulnerable? No, but I do it with caution because if it's just me, then cool. But if I were mm-hmm. to let something out and somebody else is affected by it, that's kind of messed up because they didn't ask to be putting it across the second you know? and third effects exactly. from it. I was going to round about to that because at the end of the day, it has a lot more repercussions. You know, the, the things we talk about mm-hmm. have more repercussions than just, you know, what do people know about me? Right. Like I consider myself a wide open book. Anybody can know anything they want. Um, but I don't know if I like self define that along with vulnerability because it's always just been a thing. Like I'm an open book. Yeah. vulnerability is when I like I can have that hard talk with somebody like how I feel about the situation and right, everybody right, can right. know the situation but only a certain number of people are going to know how I feel about it it's almost like a blind of transparency mm-hmm. versus vulnerability it's a fine line yeah because I think if you're asking like what you asked Corey being in that situation can you be vulnerable with somebody I think it's also being a little bit transparent, at mm-hmm. least in my world of where we work. I think that's paid huge dividends for me is being vulnerable and transparent. Yeah. Because yeah. not every day you're going to hold the company flag high because there's times that you don't agree with it either. Mm-hmm. So with both of you having kids and i guess especially matt because you've had more you know teenagers and all these other things Mm -hmm. towing that line of vulnerability and transparency have i assume you've always been as transparent as possible with your kids um for their you know maybe keep things away from when they're little or whatever yeah i think it's different now Mm -hmm. and i think he talked about it last podcast to where he finally talked to me and was like, bro, I've been through that stuff too. And I think that broke open that box. Mm -hmm. But you kind of have to know the situation. You kind of have to know exactly what's going on for, for you to have it. Yeah. That's what it seems like from the outside. Cause like for, for me and like what you said, my, my dad, I don't know, has ever been, like, truly vulnerable with me. And that's that, like, hard shell generational thing mm-hmm. that we talk about. But um, I think that would create a whole different, like, if if fathers were able to be not only transparent, because that's kind of a normalcy, but vulnerable with their kids or with their sons especially and create that that thing, it would be a, it would be a movement. And it's tough, and I... You know, when they started doing things like get caught partying and, you know, they got caught smoking weed. Like, you get to that point to where, well, I did some of the same shit. So yeah. how do you, <laughs> how, do I, how do I discipline this? Like, yeah. for real. Like, yeah. it's it's a tough situation because then are you being vulnerable and transparent or are you still trying to toe the line? Mm-hmm. But... You know, I think at that time, it's having a conversation like, whether I did those things or not, it's still illegal for you to mm-hmm. do. And if you get caught, you could be going to jail. Mm-hmm. So I think I got lucky and never got caught. So 
but it definitely when they started hitting the teenage years and doing some of the same stuff, it was some conversations I had with my wife, like, how do we do this? And she mm-hmm. may have an opinion. I'd be like, well, you did the same shit too. Yeah. So how do you still parent and be yeah. vulnerable and transparent? It's, it's a fine line. So that's an interesting topic. Cause I kind of have gone through the same thing. I know I'm more on the unique side, but, and I don't even know how this happened, but from a very, very early age, I've, me and my parents were always open book to each other. Every single thing, every bad thing I ever did, I was the first person to tell them, of, like, honesty the whole time. And uh, there were times where I, like, I tried or did certain stuff. And I remember this one in particular with my dad was about, like, a drugs thing. I was like, Dad, I tried smoking weed uh, a couple years ago and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you told him you didn't tell your recruiter. No, <laughs> you weren't vulnerable with your recruiter. Actually, I, no. Actually, actually, I did. I thought I mean, it was the yeah. whole open book here, Ken. Yeah, I wrote it. I wrote. I had to write down dates and everything. It was a whole mess because it was years ago. But anyways, uh, I had no really not a lot of interest at the time in it. Anyways, but uh, he told me he was like, "Yeah, man, I, I tried to." And what blew my mind? He goes, "I tried everything under the sun." And I tried everything once because I figured it was worth trying. I just didn't like any of it. And part of me clicked. And it was like, shit. Like, he, you know, the the army vet cop did all this stuff. And, uh, and part of me clicked and was like, it was, respect, it was respectable. Like, he tried everything and he was able to say, like, I don't like it. So I never really have to do it again. So, like, part of that shadowed onto me and it was like well he never sound any found any value in it so i probably won't either so i never tried anything ever again so do you think if he chastised you would you have done it out of again out of rebellion i don't think it would have been out of rebellion more out of curiosity if he wouldn't have been honest with me or like transparent maybe that is a a sign of a, a moment of vulnerability where he told me like i did try these things well, yeah, you just if, say he's an army vet slash cop. Yeah. Like, he's he, admitting to you something that, you know, yeah. is still taboo, really, Yeah, in that sense, as a parent. Yep. And if he hadn't have done that, then I wouldn't have had the knowledge of, like, oh, well, Dad tried it and didn't like it, so why would I, you know, try it and, maybe, you know, whatever. I probably would have just experimented and gone on with my life as a teenager. Um, but because of that conversation, I... It, it all that always stuck with me. Like I remember exactly where we were in the car. I remember exactly where we were. Very visual and it, mm-hmm. like everything stuck in that second. And that any time I ever had an opportunity, it was like that's just probably not for me. So I'm good. I don't really need it. You know, Dad never needed it. I don't need it. And it, I don't know. If that transparency wasn't there, then I probably would have been in a position like, yeah, I'll try it. Whatever. I don't know anything about this. But you're still figuring things out on your own. Yeah. You're, yeah, you don't have any reference to pull from. Exactly. But your dad kind of gave you that. You know? Other yeah. than your friends. Yeah. Your yeah. social circle that's Dumbasses. down you. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> just like, just as I dumb just as I am. Got, got some more weed, bro. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. It's, uh, it's tough as a parent. But I think, Imagine. you know, letting them do certain things under control. I think is different than how I was raised. So I think if you push so much back, I think kids just rebel from it. Mm-hmm. And they don't go to you. They just go with their friends and they do whatever that friend group does. It's the saying that the, the worst kids have the strictest parents. I, I, I think so. I've seen it. Um, I went to a private Baptist school cause I was really, uh, bad as a kid. So <laughs> I was forced to go there and the first year I was there, like it, and I'm talking very small and I'll tell you afterwards where the school is. Cause I think you probably know where it is, <laughs> but I like exactly three or four of the, the, uh, seniors were pregnant. At the Baptist school. At an independent Baptist school. Not just a Baptist school, not Southern Baptist, independent Baptist. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of blew my mind. But 
looking back on those things, I think just what you said is like, they just rebel that much further because they're not allowed to experience and kind of go through life uh, on their own a little bit. Yeah. And having the, you know, I've seen a lot of parents and I've been very lucky to be able to bump my parents up against my friends and how the relationships differ and everything. The other parents who try to make themselves out is like, um, this perfect angel that grew up and never did anything, yeah. probably lying to themselves and their kid most of right. the time. And it just, they try and make that model to show your kid, like, this is how you want to be. This is how I want you to be. So I'm going to be that. But instead of showing the experience, like, Hey, I went through that. It's really not a good time. You know, it's that to me, that experience has proven wonders in many different ways where I've been able to kind of bump up what's in front of me against my parents and they're honest with me and say, yeah, I did do that, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't really, it wasn't good. And it got me in this messed up situation. Like, Oh shit, I don't want to be in that. So I think all this stuff is still a wide definition of vulnerability because honesty is being vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Instead of them just saying, no, don't do that. Yeah. At least they're being honest with you as a reason why not mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, and sharing experience. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important too because I think that um, if you if you choose to shut that part off as a parent, then you kind of give this uh, this child this um, perception that they have to be perfect, you know, because that's the 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 model that you showed, you know, is that hey, this is perfection. This is what I expect of you. Um, but you're not telling them anything about, you know, your life or, or what you did or anything like that. So they think that you're perfect. They already grew up thinking you're Superman, right? So they already think that. You already think you're, you know, this this mountain of a man, you know, and you're perfect. And then you tell them what you expected of them. And it's like, man, I got to live up to that. And then the moment they can't, they're going to feel like, yeah. well, I, I let you down. I suck as this or I suck as that or whatever it is. Yeah. And so what's the point of even trying now? Yep, and then and, they just go down the road of like, well, I'll just do whatever. Then yeah, I heard felt. that. I heard yeah. that from Chance in that his senior year and that whole thing, which right. was a super eye-opening thing to hear somebody who did it, especially so recently, mm. understand it and talk yeah, about it. Yeah, he's got quite a lot of feedback from his friends. Like every day, he's getting messages. Somebody heard it oh, and yeah. showing him because yeah. they all walk that path, but they're good or they're fine. Yeah. When they weren't. Yeah. And hearing that, basically, I don't think he had an extreme version of that. But without talking, I know a lot of my friends who uh, who basically hold that expectation. And when they can't make it happen, it routes back around to not understanding how to uh, deal with failure or, you know, not meeting your expectations. And then they fall further and, then, you know, all these other things. But, um, yeah, but I think being at least from a parenting standpoint, being able to be transparent and vulnerable, which I think go hand in hand Mm -hmm. are essential. Cause there's no, there's no playbook. (laughs) I mean, there's plenty of books on Amazon, how to parent for people who ain't got kids. (laughs) (laughs) You laugh, but I believe that too. Yeah. That's another crazy thing from chance is, is thing is, uh, they're doing it the first time too. Right. So you're blew my mind. But when you talk like not having that playbook, but you emulate things from your parents mm-hmm. because that's what you grew up that's thinking what what's right. That's point. Yeah. And then as they get older and different things happen, you realize, okay, well that makes sense. This is what I will do. And then there's other things like, oh, I'm not going to do that to them. That was done to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a generational thing. Because I remember my grandmother making me go out and pick a switch off a tree. <laughs> it's probably what he got or worse back in the day. So I think it's just how you grow up with it, too. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're a parent listening, you might want to take some notes from this one. And the last podcast. Yeah. Last one was very eye-opening, man. Um, my, my son's nine. You know, your, your, your kids are all adults now. Yes. But still very much young enough to where they remember things from their childhood, you know. And so just to hear that perspective, um, it was really eye-opening to me, you know. 
mm-hmm. I got a son that's going to be going through that in the next 10 years. So Sets you up nicely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you I think we have a good relationship already, me, me and the boy, as mm-hmm. far as uh, being, you know, transparent and vulnerable and all that stuff. But it's still very, very nice to, because I, I, I talked to somebody who was on the other end of it. You know what I mean? And he's just now getting to the other end of it. So it's, right. it's very fresh. Yeah. So that was good. But when it comes to vulnerability and relationships, again. Oh, yeah. It's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother uh, thing. And again, I look at how I am based off of my parents' relationship and how, you know, they weren't very affectionate. They didn't do a lot of those things. If they did, it wasn't in front of us. Right. And I still struggle with that with my wife because we're not as affectionate as some other people are. Mm-hmm. But I think trying to break that generational curse, be a little bit more vulnerable, yeah. um, it's tough. Yeah. I'm, that's one thing I've been very lucky I guess it is in a generational thing because I, I, you got like these guys, my, uh, my friend group is very like open to change. And that since this all started, we've completely formed is not only have I changed, but I've, um, I've opened myself up, which in turn they've opened up and we're completely changed as a group now as well. Um, but I don't think that would have happened maybe in your guys' generations, you know, at we least didn't talk much. about shit. That's yeah. why. And if you would have tried to, probably would have just got beat up next to the metal slide or whatever you did in the forties. <laughs> in the summertime, that slide. That's right. Boy, take the skin off. Yeah. I don't know who thought. Trying that was to spin idea. people off the merry-go-round oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. try to flip people over on the swing sets. Oh yeah. Mm. Nowadays, you can't. Some places don't even have recess anymore because they're worried about kids getting hurt. I'll I'll take my generation all day long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Taking that BMX bike and trying to jump off whatever you can find. Mm -hmm. Even if you crash and burn a few times. Man, I've crashed so many times on my bike. Just doing stupid stuff, too. It didn't even make sense. Like uh, like a group on this base, you know. And uh, (laughs) I don't know how old I was, but I had just got this, this new bike. Mine, I think it was a Huffy. I think it was, <laughs> but some of the uh, some of the curves were slanted like ramps, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I thought it was a good idea to go up the top of the street and just ride down as fast as I could. It was a good curve. idea. It was not a good idea. It was a badass idea. Because I definitely got airborne, right? Mm-hmm. But by the time I came down, I was in the middle of somebody's yard, <laughs> ran right into a house. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so I thought I was gonna like go up and be able to turn. Like no, it was came straight down. Middle of their yard, right through their flower bed, right into their house. <laughs> Brick house, you know. God. Oh, man. Of course, I got up and looked around, see if anybody was watching. Mm-hmm. Rolled my bike home and then cried when I got in the house. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I can't begin to tell you all this shit. I crazy yeah. motocross kid did. I had rocks in my forehead from the driveway, <laughs> everything. That's good living right there. Yeah. yeah. That's good living. Speaking about vulnerable, though, like, do you think that it's easier to be vulnerable in say my generation and then mass generation or your generation mine for sure you think so i think it's not only easier because of the environment that we're raised in but it's more accepted um like i said you know if you guys would have maybe gone to your friend group and tried to be vulnerable as kids it probably would have not ended you know, it it wouldn't have been reciprocated, at least less of a chance to be, I think. Um, it's always hard on like a personal level to be vulnerable, but I think in this generation or now in this time, if you do, it's more widely accepted and reciprocated and understanding. Um, I don't know why in particular it's the generational like flop, but I do think it's easier. The reason I ask is I was just on, I was on social media actually, and I was reading this comment section on a particular post about sports, you know, and somebody commented and they was like, man, I don't know what's wrong with this generation. You can't even give anybody props without being called like sus or, mm-hmm. 
uh, zesty or you glazing them, glazing or whatever. <laughs> what the- it's like all the, all he said was, you know, like uh, I don't know. It was a post about I think it was LeBron going for a dunk and his teammate was behind him, the uh, D'Lo, and he was uh, he was imitating the dunk in midair. A cool looking photo. Mm. Um, but of course, somebody had something to say about it, and it was like, dang, like that's his teammate. Like I kind of want a teammate like that too. Like why would you be? Yeah. There? What's wrong with that? You know. But in this generation, it's like. The moment somebody sees that, it's like, oh, you, you know, it's yeah. like, dang. Because they can hide props, behind like, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, handle, too. Part of it is, I think it is different. Um, because we didn't so, have that shit back in the day. You mm-hmm. you wanted to talk smack to somebody, you said it to their face. And mm-hmm. then, true. Yeah, that's true. Then we took it to the metal slides. <laughs> <laughs> Hold you down on this bitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it is different, because... Uh, the 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 i don't know how to explain the difference in friendships now it's a constant like roast battle at all times but we had that too yeah yeah, but the the flip gets switched so and it's a hard switch so like in my group chat right now got like nine dudes in there and at all times we are at each other's throats (laughs) at at any single thing that each other do 24 hours a day we Mm -hmm. are just hammering each other and then, you know, Gavin, while he's calling me a like crippled back, you know, but all this other <laughs> stuff I can't say on here yeah. at me, he'll he'll be in a conversation with me in private messages, like, Hey man, I'm like had problems with this girl and da 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 like we can Yeah. I think that is one of the benefits of the generation and if maybe if the short term like satisfaction we're in is we're able to bounce. We're able to flop and we- like we have that too. Yeah. I have a friends group right. that we mm-hmm. just bust balls all day. Mm-hmm. But they're the same people. If I called at two a.m. because I got a situation, they hook you up. They're, they're going to be there. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a little bit, um, not so much your generation. Not to take yeah. that away. But that, no, no, I do, and it makes I don't see that. So it right hearing it. Yeah, it we makes got sense. it. Roast yeah. battles all day. Yeah, all day long. <laughs> Me and Fred. Yeah, it's, I can't it's imagine, bad, man. It's imagine bad. friends. Man. You can see our messages. <laughs> Are y'all friends? <laughs> but at the same time, though, he called me for anything. I'll do it. It's yeah, like, you know. Um, yeah, but as far as the uh, like not being able, I think that comes from uh, maybe to a different topic is looking for that satisfaction. You know, people looking for likes on their comments. Yeah, you know. So like maybe. TikTok, I I just scroll TikTok. I just you know whenever I like bored or whatever, I just I'll look, but I don't really put anything into it. You're not Abby, doing dances at work no, or anything, no, okay. especially not work. You're not vulnerable enough. <laughs> no, no. I'm not vulnerable enough to do it. Yeah, he's worried about being judged. Let's do one right now. Let's do one right now. Me and you. <laughs> I don't even know any of them. Man. Um, but uh, like Abby, she'll. She'll comment. She she has a couple comments on other people's videos that have a couple thousand likes. She's like, "Look at this comment. I got a bunch of likes." And I'm like, "You commenting on TikToks? Like, <laughs> I just look at them." She just comments every once in a while to try and get a bunch of likes, and it's a little bit of satisfaction, like a little challenge done, or mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think that is what a lot of people do is they're just trying to post the wildest thing they can say to get the most attention. Because that, I mean, you saw Possibly. the comment, right? Yeah. But um, ain't nobody gonna meet you at that metal slide. No, it's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no. That's why they That's talk best part shit of it. all yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. And even the one reel I did, you know, somebody was like, "Can't win them all." Like, motherfucker, come say that to my face. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that, that was just a question I had, man, because it, it happened today. It's just something, something I saw today. Mm-hmm. It so happened that we're talking about vulnerability right now, and and um generations because when i first saw it the the picture i was just like oh man that's that's not hard you know mm-hmm. and then somebody was like oh man he whatever i can't remember what he said about it i was like dang i that's think it's crazy. extremely hard to be vulnerable on social media yeah especially i think more especially from the younger generation because like even for me to to repost the the writing stuff on my personal page mm-hmm. is kind of like a, a small part of me is like, Ugh, like uh, people are going to just dig into me for this. But at the end of the day, like we're doing a, a good thing. It's, it weighs out, but right. it's very, very hard to be 
vulnerable on social media just because like that group of people will just tear into it it's bait you know well yeah so what we do is a little bit different than what dave does because my friends are like what what the fuck? <laughs> Bro, what is this? Some sex story? Yeah. Like The amount of times I've had to preface the writing account. Right, right. <laughs> uh, we're a stripper all that's writing wrong. We're a different branch, different division. But yeah, I get it. Because that's a lot of comments that I got right away is like, what is, you're tied to this? Mm-hmm. Do you write poetry? Like, no. Yeah. Yep. It's two different yeah. uh, It's hard to be genuine things. on social media. Everything either has a, a front or, you know, everybody's smiling or, you know, it's it's because it's, it's what you want people to see. This is what I was about to say. It's what everybody else wants other people to see themselves as. And it's hard to, like, come out with something like this or you especially to have, like, the the video of you talking and, like, really open up and be vulnerable with your face plastered, like, Every bit of oh, your yeah. identity. And I started getting messages right away and mm-hmm. I'm like, What are they talking about? I'm like yep. then I saw that it was out, I was like, Oh, okay. But yeah, it I did get some feedback on that. So you know, people I think were a little bit surprised, but there was nothing I didn't do it for likes or that dopamine rush. It was just the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with being vulnerable. I'm not okay with dancing or getting in a speedo, <laughs> but you know, small steps. Eventually, you get there. Eventually, when I'm 75 <laughs> or eight drinks deep on the on a cruise ship, I won't care. Oh man. Yeah. What uh? What do you think is your your latest vulnerable vulnerable moment that? That you can, that you're the one that hits you, you know. I've had a bunch, but I just had one recently is why I ask. So, if you want me to start. Well, you heard mine. Like, that was not, none of that yeah. was rehearsed. That was all in this uh, Corey spot. Mm-hmm. And having that conversation. Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, I think, get lost in life and stuff like that, I... I find myself now reminding myself to open that up to people, yeah. you know, a couple of times. I would say all of what we're doing right now to me is, is probably uh, collectively. Is, yeah. It, is yeah, very it is. To me. Just I like mean, you just said about putting <clears throat> stuff on your account, yeah. sharing this and people mm-hmm. like, what? I didn't know you were involved with that. What's, what is all this going on? Yeah. So the reason I bring it up is the episode that we'll post before this coming up this Monday is when uh, Dave and I did the, the meet me thing mm-hmm. and it was not meant to be this, but about halfway through the episode, he had me, he had me crying about stuff on like on the podcast. And that was, you know, especially as a man, that's the, you know, part of me kind of, I started to, and I like, I bit and I was like, motherfucker. And then <laughs> I remember where I was at and I was like, oh, well, I kind of have to embrace what a <laughs> practice we were preaching here. Yeah. 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 But, uh, it's like moments like that and they stick like i've been i've been thinking about that conversation we've had since we've had it like every day you knew and, going in there dave was gonna bring it out of you and i told i told him to right and it wasn't what i expected the topic wasn't what i expected to hit me either because i've I thought i've you know handled it but uh yeah before that episode i said i said hey like dig into me and he was like are these topics off the table and i was like no nah, man just you know lay into it because I want it to be real mm-hmm. but that uh that like meet me section I think everybody will go through it too is a real for me the first time I've like really opened up on the on the podcast because everything is kind of covered in a in a a haze of like you know at first we we're trying to stay more anonymous and then all these other things um but that episode was like I haven't I haven't felt my like chest open like that in a while if ever. Yeah, I heard about it, but I haven't heard it. Yeah, it's Monday. Monday. But I think that's Monday. what one of the things that we wanted to do when we started looking at podcast topics is everybody's got a story mm-hmm. that brings you here mm-hmm. and kind of open it up a little bit. 
mine's going to be a little bit more difficult. There's and a lot long. of things that I yeah, I can't long. say. Yeah. Years and decades too. It's going to be like four yes, hour episode. 1909. <laughs> I was born. My episode was an hour. I don't know what y'all going to do. <laughs> Might have be chapters. three parts. <laughs> but yeah, it's um you kind of because I even had I found myself having to pick and choose and really like buckling down on certain topics. But, um, yeah, I think at this, least he asked. Oh, about like what was on on or off the yeah, table. Yeah, he, he is good about that. I'll give there, him that. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna put anybody on the spot, but because um, I even thought about getting so Dave's out of town now. I thought about getting a couple of those out of the way, but I thought and I was like, uh, I don't think anybody else should host that, other than Dave. You know, he's no. he's kind of the guy to. To really dig it out. I'm excited to hear to hear everybody's. Because I know a good part, you know, I know we all know each other pretty well. But to really, really get into the dirt of it is, like, I've, I've had a good couple talks with, with Cobra here. But I've never really fully sat down with Matt and really got the, the dirt and um, the other people involved as well. Hopefully Dr. J comes on. She's got a good story. Yeah, we gotta get knows. the Dominator in here. Yes, that busy man. Yeah, we'll have to work around his schedule. Yeah, <laughs> like a celebrity trying to get that guy. I'm telling you what. We got him at once. We got him once, I think. Yeah, as a whole group. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, once. Yeah, just once. That's <clears throat> a solid dude, though. So What's something else doing? I read today. It was a. Uh, a global survey that talked to men age 18 to 75, so that covers all our brackets, uh, about their per- perceptions of masculinity and expressing, expressing emotions. Over 58% said they don't feel free to show their emotions and feel like they need to be emotionally strong and to show no weakness. And more than a quarter of guys, 29%, admitted to intentionally holding back their emotions avoiding crying in front of others to try to protect their image of masculinity. And this is all articles stem from vulnerability in a man. Mm. And that was from 2022. So it's still there. Still this stigma. Yeah. Yeah. And I still think that self-control is important to, to practice and harness. Right. So I don't think that it's, one of those things where just every day I go out there and the moment I feel like crying, then I just go hysterical and start crying. And, you know, you should work on yourself to where you can control yourself a little bit. But if you just can't, then you just can't. You know, to me, it's more along the lines of, like, how do you handle it when it happens? You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily trying to stop it or whatever. It's just how do you handle it when it happens, you know? Yeah. Even after... All this I still find myself you know when emotions hit or whatever it's more of a it's not I don't want these people to see me because I'll feel less mascul- masculine it's more like this just hit me I have a problem at hand I don't have time to be wiping my eyes right now I'm trying to figure this out yeah. and I kind of point the finger at myself like cut that shit out we'll do it later and but it's still I don't know if it's inherent or if it's the stigma or there's other reasons that I haven't figured out but Whenever it does hit, it's like a like shut down, shut down, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're probably still learning how to deal with those soft skills. Yeah. To where, what Corey's talking about, where you kind of control it. Even and kind of, you got to work through that process. Right. You just can't like break down and just completely let go and right. then have no plan no you know what i mean i think that's a different uh side to it but you gotta you gotta work through the whole emotion when you stop that emotion you're just shutting down Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what we're trying to get people not to do right and work through it Mm -hmm. because on the other side of it there's 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 things you either control or you can't control you can control your effort, attitude, and how you deal with a situation, but you can't deal with things you can't control. Like the situation. Like right. the situation's coming regardless. You right. can't control that. 
I think I find myself a lot of times with that mentality, like this, this situation is coming, this is happening. And uh, I'd rather put my emotions like to the side or behind me to deal with that situation and take care of them later. But that translates into me like, you know, suppressing myself or like, come on, cut that shit out. I need to be like, I think it's more like I need to be strong. I need to be the leader right now. Mm-hmm. Leader can't be crying. I got to handle this and do it later. But it's conflicting, you know. Yeah. But so, to me, I think it's more. It should be more focused on the leader can can cannot like be uh, helpless. The leader yeah. cannot just not have a plan. Yeah. That's what it should be. That should be the focus. It yeah. shouldn't be. Or you just lose control right during like, it. No, like, yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what it looks like externally worry about what you're actually doing you yeah know what I mean? and i thought about this uh last night when my best friend's father dies like be strong for your family you gotta be strong for your family never thought about yeah the other side of that like when is it his turn to deal with his emotions mm-hmm. same thing like you're talking about just shutting it down shoving it down but at some point you got to deal with it. Yeah. You got to handle it in some sort of way that works for you. But just not being able to deal with the situation and just lose control is not in control. Mhm. It takes time. It's not easy. But you just if you take air all these hits and you just say I'm good, I'm fine, but on the inside you're not cuz you don't have a way to express it out is not good either Mm -hmm. so even if you compartmentalize it put it on the shelf whatever you want to call it you still got to deal with it it's still going to be there yeah i think a lot of times people try to act like it doesn't exist and i think that's the problem that's when it comes to you and you feel like a certain thing it's like oh i can't do this and you're Initial reaction is okay. It just doesn't exist. Like, oh man, that doesn't that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't work, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, we are coming up on the hour mark here. I think we got everything, everything out. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Don't, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but yeah, I'm sure of this topic, just like ego and a lot of the other things that circle circle around masculinity, will be brought mm-hmm. up. I'm sure Fred will bring a different dynamic and thought process into it. From Waffle House. Right? Yeah, exactly. from the Waffle House. We should do a live podcast one day from the Waffle House. Waffle House. I won't yeah. be able to talk. I'll be eating the whole time. We'll just take turns. That's how you Chair flying in the background. Don't worry about that. They're fighting in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got a job interview. No, that would be good. Now, these topics are all good because I think that they um they can be plugged in just about any conversation that we have. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. And it comes up a lot, which is nice. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. See Absolutely. Yeah. Later.